Social media marketing is hard work because love it or hate it, we have to publish content frequently and consistently for it to yield results. And that is hard work because you can often feel like you're on a content treadmill. So since we are working hard, let's make social media work even harder for us, i.e. how can we make our efforts and content have an impact for longer? This is a really useful area to focus on because social media is so fast paced that without these techniques, our content will disappear in a matter of days. Welcome to the Upgrade Your Education Business podcast. I'm your host, Samantha, and I'm so pleased you're here. As an education business owner myself and a former teacher, I understand the nuances that only apply to us. So in this podcast, I share fluff-free, tailored and actionable ideas that you can mould to suit your needs. If you'd like to take this conversation further, please do reach out. I would love to meet you. And finally, it would mean the world to me if you could leave a review. That way, you'll be helping me help more people. Thank you for tuning in. Enjoy. As I mentioned in the intro, this episode is all about ways to make our efforts and content have an impact for longer. It isn't about ways to produce content faster, but if you want some ideas on that, listen to episode 47 or 19. I also have 100 content prompts specifically created for education business owners. You pay once and have lifetime access. So if you want those, scroll right to the bottom of the show notes below and you'll get the link. So on social media, we have to be aware that different platforms work differently. I know it sounds obvious, but you'd be surprised at how often people ignore it. A classic sign is when they just post the same content on all platforms. And if you do this, don't feel bad. It's a great time saver and a good way to get started. But if you're ready, this first tip will help you be more strategic about it. The first thing to be clear on is what you want from the platform, from each platform, and whether that's a realistic outcome. Let me give you a really common scenario that you might be able to relate to. A lot of people with Facebook groups really struggle to get engagement and sales. And often that's because there's a real art to making Facebook groups work, and it is hard work, and people struggle to sustain that level of work. And in that situation, I hear a lot of clients feeling disheartened, and here's what I say to them. Instead of putting all your efforts into something you're not loving right now, take a break, because you can revive it later. And instead, just use the membership questions to build your email list. And then you can just keep people engaged by having content for them to dip into, say, in the guide section. So here, although having a Facebook group could serve different purposes, and when you set yours up, you may have had specific hopes from it, it's okay for those aims to change over time. And as you see what's working for you and what's, what isn't working, you can change that. It can evolve. And this same concept applies to all platforms. You should be clear on what you're using each one for, because that will dictate the kind of content you post and it will help you monitor your results because you know what you're looking for. I'll share two quick examples, one for if you really want to just focus on one platform and one if you want to focus on multiple platforms. Let's say you just focus on your Facebook page. Remember, a page is different from a Facebook group. I do that for my tuition business. So I know that through my Facebook page, I need to make people aware of how I can help them, show them how I can help and help them decide if I'm right for them. So that dictates my content. But since I'm just relying on the one profile on the one platform, 
I also need to be strategic about how I interact elsewhere on the platform. I need to guide people to connect to my Facebook page. If, however, I was using a Facebook group, Instagram, LinkedIn, as I do for this business, I need to be a little more planned with how I use each of them because I'm likely to be connected to some of the same people on multiple platforms. And if I want to keep them engaged on each of them, I can't just post the same content everywhere. As most of you are tutors or B2C businesses where you, where you sell to consumers rather than businesses, I'll give you an example of how I may use these as a tuition business. I may use my Facebook page as my feeder into my Facebook group while using the group as the core method for me to attract clients. That means sharing exclusive content in there that can't be found elsewhere so that people have a reason to join and to stay. Also, ideally, prompting discussions so I train my audience to use the group as their main hub for whatever problem I'm solving for them. Now, since Instagram is a visual platform, I could use it to celebrate student work or even work produced by the children of the parents in my Facebook group. This would naturally attract those parents to it. And with them following me, I could continue sharing content that demonstrates what I do, how I do it and how I can help in a more creative and visual way. Now for LinkedIn. I know parents are on there, but chances are they're on there with their professional hats on whereas on Facebook and Instagram, they may well be on there with their parent hat on. So if it were me, I would take a different approach on LinkedIn. On there, I would network with other tutors and build relationships. I'd use it more as a platform where I'm open to different opportunities, like networking events or training sessions. And I'd let those relationships work however they naturally pan out. For instance, if I get quite familiar with a fellow tutor and we both resonate with each other, I'd develop that relationship and maybe we'd end up passing business to one another. So the bottom line here is we want to be really intentional. We want to be very clear on what best use each platform is going to serve and whether that's realistic as well. Because a common problem, for example, that tutors face is on Instagram, they end up just connecting with other tutors. So instead of trying to fit a square peg into a round hole, you could use those connections to build relationships, to collaborate and just take advantage of other opportunities that might be in front of you. I do have a free YouTube video on some innovative ways to use Instagram in particular because that's a real tough one for tutors. I'll put the link in the show notes. Now, I've spent a bit of time on this point of being intentional because in my experience, it really is the key to unlocking success on social media. But my second tip is to understand where each platform fits in your overall marketing strategy. So say you have email marketing set up and maybe a YouTube channel as well. Although they don't fall under the social media umbrella, they still need to work alongside them. A good way to think of marketing is that it's an activity that orchestrates all of your marketing efforts. So similar to what I was saying earlier, it's good to be intentional and to understand what you want out of each marketing activity. But instead of just looking at one platform or one method in isolation, see how you can connect them all together. So you might have a YouTube channel and you might use your Facebook page or group to signal people to it by sharing snippets of videos. And then in some of your videos, you might offer a freebie, a lead magnet that gets people into your email list. That lead magnet or a different one might also be shared in your Facebook page or your group or on Instagram so that you're using the different platforms to also feed into your email list. I know it feels messy, 
But it should be, because if you aim to create a world that people want to enter and stay in, there will be different moving parts and they'll connect to one another like a web rather than a straight line. This way, people will rotate between your different touch points based on what they want, what they use it for and what you offer. And so again, I will emphasize, it's really important that you don't just post the same content on the same day everywhere. You can frame the same content, but in a slightly different way that suits that platform, or you could repurpose past content. But to keep people engaged, you want to give them a reason to go beyond connecting with you on just one platform, if you have those set up. That way you're on their radar, and as they consume more of your content, they'll feel more confident to invest in what you offer. Now, this doesn't just mean being on a constant content treadmill. If you coordinate it with other things like a YouTube channel, a podcast, email marketing and so on, anything else you have set up basically, on those channels, people can subscribe. And after you've created the content just once, that one piece of content keeps working for you on an ongoing basis. So on YouTube, my content can show up in a few years time to continue helping people, unlike social media. On email marketing, you can set up your email sequences just once and they just keep working. My third tip is to utilize the features of each platform that you're on. And sometimes this requires just focusing your energy on optimizing one at a time. Let's take Instagram as an example. Instead of just posting loads of content, be strategic about which three posts you will pin to the top of your grid. This is a great way of creating a quick landing page of sorts because it's the first thing that new followers will look at. Also, since stories are used to nurture existing followers, instead of solely sharing your latest post in there, you can use it to specifically connect with your followers and encourage engagement so that you can take conversations into your DMs. That's just one example based on one platform, but there are loads of features unique to each platform that you can make the most of. And to really make social media work hard for you, I would encourage you to use them to your advantage. Otherwise, you're not getting the most of what that platform can do for you. My fourth tip is to do what you can to capture people's attention, because for social media to work, People need to stop and they need to engage with or at least read your content. A really common thing I see is people sticking to their brand colours and making their logos dominant in their imagery. I know it feels like you're creating a brand by doing so, but what often happens is that people skim past it because your imagery looks too similar and they assume they've already seen it. So something I say to clients when I help them with this is to remember two things. Number one, your imagery is your scroll stopper, not an information giver. So keep it clean and instead of focusing on your brand colours and logo, focus on stopping the scroll. You can always stick to a colour palette, but vary your designs enough for them not to blend in with one another. Secondly, as a small or medium business, particularly if you sell a service, we need to redefine what we think a brand is. It isn't your logo and colours, it's you. So your face should be more dominant than your logo. It humanises your brand, which increases the chances of people feeling like they're getting to know you. And people are more likely to remember your face than your logo, so it makes you more memorable. And if you're posting content that's interesting, the minute they see your face, they'll stop and pay attention because they know that they're usually interested in what you have to say and they recognise instantly that this content is coming from you because they recognise your face. 
And of course, this leans into what I was talking about earlier. Focusing on how you've decided to use each platform should steer your content and your style. To gain that trust from your audience so that they do stop and give you their time, your content needs to be about what they want to know. It needs to circle around helping them decide if you're someone they want to work with. And it needs to be presented in a way that's easy to scan and digest. If you listen to any of my past episodes around social media marketing, you'll find some useful copywriting tips that will help you in that last area. So there you have four different things you can work on to make sure the time you spend on social media marketing is a real investment. As a quick summary, you want to be intentional with each platform by deciding what you want out of each. You need to take a bird's eye view and see how each platform fits with your own marketing strategy. I encourage you to make the most out of the unique features and tools of each platform and you want to create a humanized brand with varied imagery and content. All of these topics and a lot more are covered in detail in the Tutors Mastermind. When you join you get instant access to the recordings of past sessions and if you're a full member you can also watch bonus training and attend ongoing live sessions. The link to join is in the show notes and if you want to have a chat about it beforehand you can always book a discovery call with me. In the meantime, thank you for giving me your time and you'll hear from me on Wednesday. Would you like to take this discussion further? Perhaps you have some questions or you'd like more ideas on tailoring your business. If so, book a free discovery call through the link in the show notes.